0: Welcome to Gladiatrix. I am woman and hear me roar. I'm your host, Melanie Sarma. Every week, I will be speaking with women from all over the world who will be sharing their journeys, their stories about overcoming their fears and achieving great things that they thought they never could. So if you don't want to miss a story, make sure you subscribe. Before we talk about today's show, I would like to say thank you to all my guests who have been featured on the Gladiatrix podcast to date. I have a dream. There are 193 countries in the United Nations. And I have a dream that I can host at least one woman from every country in the world On this podcast, that is 193 countries, 193 stories, on 193 shows. So if you know of somebody who should be featured on the show, please drop me a note. I would really appreciate it. In today's episode, we're speaking with Meryl Denise. Meryl is an amazing writer, an awesome communicator, and a very compassionate soul. She uses her communication skills to talk about sustainable consumerism and educate people about disabilities. Today, she also talks about how, as a woman, she manages her money and also increased her net worth by 75%. This is her story. Hey, Meryl. Thank you so much for joining the show. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Hey, Malini great to be
1: here too and i've been listening to all the previous episodes just love the vibe and the conversations oh,
0: I'm, I'm 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 so glad um you're here I, i've been wanting to get you on um get you on ever since uh you know we met up last year and i was telling you about my world trip and you uh, had a little blurb about me on Shiro's. so i'm like i gotta yes. get i gotta get Merrill on here she's got so much to talk about so I, i'm i'm really happy you're here um likewise so the first thing I wanted to find out was um uh, you have lived pretty much uh, in a lot of different places um, outside of India right so but you, were you born in India and um grew up in India initially or were you were you outside of India when you um when your parents were um, in musket
1: yeah so um i mean i was born in goa i lived in goa for the first 3 Four years of my life, mm-hmm. and my father went to the Middle East in uh, 1976. Uh, my parents are both teachers, and uh, they wanted to uh, move out for better prospects. Mm-hmm. So um, at that time, I remember um, the Indian school in Muscat was uh, was just growing. It was in it was sort of an infancy, and uh, my dad was one of uh, you know the first batch of teachers, one of those the first batch of teachers there Mm -hmm. so he went there and then my mom and me and my sister we followed him in 1980 Mm -hmm. so after that I uh, lived in Muscat till I was about 15 years old Mm -hmm. and uh, it was a very uh, it's a lovely place actually a beautiful landscape beautiful beaches mountains um, you know there's an oasis all of that Mm-hmm. Um, we would come to uh, Goa for summer holidays and I would I would just love that. And I would feel a bit sad actually when I would go back to Muscat because it, it had such a vibrant, warm, affectionate uh, vibe. And of course there's chaos, there was heat, but all, all, all of those really sort of awakened my senses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a little bit about, um, you know, your, to answer your question.
0: So... Um um did you say your your sister um does she have a disability? you grew up with a yes with a sibling you yes. had a disability so um yes. uh, how was growing up you must have been a very protective sister yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, so my sister her name is Janice. Uh, mm-hmm. so sh- my sister is is deaf. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, um, you know, obviously in in the 1970s and 80s, there was very, very little known about disability. And also we didn't have access to the Internet there. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was a fairly lonely journey for my parents and me to navigate that whole experience. And Mm -hmm. also for my sister. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because uh, somehow as a child with a disability, you are more vulnerable right? Right, right um and of course uh th- there was that whole journey of learning what it is about and th- there is a panic in parents when they come to know that a child has a disability so we went to a lot of specialists and uh, speech therapists and all of that mm-hmm. and um so my sister uh she uh my sister is a very uh you know sort of uh she's she's an interesting person she is stubborn she is very very focused about what she wants so her personality came through right right from the beginning Mm -hmm. but I think the biggest challenge really was finding the right kind of education Mm -hmm. Uh, at that point uh, like Indian sign language is the language of the deaf but at that point it was not well developed Mm -hmm. and uh, there was a kind of sign language there but and of course she and I developed we developed our own sign language because mm-hmm. we didn't really know that there was anything official. Right? Right, right, right. And, uh, so, um, so yeah, education was a tough one, but somehow we managed. Mm-hmm. And, um, then in, 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 you know, in 2010, I brought her to Delhi. I mean, mm-hmm. I was living in Delhi then I brought her here and, uh, she attended a, a really lovely, um, you know, school for for deaf adults. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's called the Noida Deaf Society, where they train you in life skills, they teach you official Indian sign language. Mm -hmm. And they have a wonderful, wonderful, um, you know, founder called Ruma Roka. Mm -hmm. And I remember when she first met my sister, she communicated with her and told her that, you know, by the end of your stay here, we're going to be talking about our dreams, right? Mm -hmm. That really brought tears to my eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. And my sister today is, is much more confident and she's sort of living the life that she should be living. Right. That's, but growing mm-hmm. up was, was tough. It was full of questions, a lot of, mm-hmm. lot of um, concerns, mm-hmm. and all of that. And I think you need a good support system. You need access to information and you need access to education more yeah. than anything else.
0: Th- yeah. 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 That's very true. So your sister still in Delhi?
1: So my sister lives in Goa with my parents. Oh, she does. Okay. And, uh, right, right. She does. She lives with them. And uh, she's a, been a great help to them, especially during this quarantine time. Right. 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 She's, mm-hmm. she's really showed up and really supports them very well and all of that.
0: You know? mm-hmm. Okay. And, mm-hmm.
1: and yeah, she's very creative. So she does a lot of crochet and she does, she does a lot of fun things. And That's she's an active cool. member of the uh, Goa
0: Deaf uh, Association as well. Okay. Okay, so your, your parents, um, being teachers, it must have been uh, hard, it must have been, you know, like you said, and you, and you don't have access to the right kind of education. But at the end, I guess, um, you know, having that, like you said, having that support system is very important. So um, Yes, it, yeah. absolutely. That's absolutely. really cool. So so you, um, you grew up in Muscat, but you came back to India to do your high school and college, right?
1: Yes, yes. I think I was always excited to come back to India. Mm-hmm. I felt like this was a place that needed me and I needed it. <laughs> yes. Because, uh, you know, whatever you say about India, no matter how underdeveloped you think it is, it's a vibrant place with vibrant people. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's always this possibility of doing something new every day. Right. Right. Um, right. So, yeah. So I came back uh, to Goa at the age of 15. Mm-hmm. and i uh you know lived in a in a hostel because my parents were still in 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 muscat okay and uh, my my sister was in a school also mm-hmm. in goa oh, so okay. we were both in goa we were okay. both in goa okay. and we were um we would meet on the weekends and all of that so mm-hmm. so that was good
0: as so, well. so so then after you finished your high school you did your college in or university in goa um and then you moved to because um, I know you have a major in mass communications. Where was was yes. that in yes. was that in Bombay or in Delhi oh, no, not Delhi but Pune?
1: Yeah, yeah. So basically, I I actually did my bachelor's in physics in Goa, at really? at, uh, at Goa okay. University.
0: Okay.
1: And I I always liked math and physics in school, mm-hmm. but somehow I felt college education uh, wasn't wasn't really as as exciting. Right, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, I met I met a professor at at the university who had a she had a club for she ha, she called it the communications club, mm-hmm. and that's where I got to know about mass communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember her name is uh, Professor Sherlin, mm-hmm. and uh, I was quite influenced by her and the way she would talk about mass communication, and that's where I decided that. I mean, I want to get into that space, and I'd always been somebody who would write a diary, I would write columns in the local newspaper mm-hmm. about things that were happening while still in college mm-hmm. so that's when i I went to Pune to do mass communication
0: okay um, yeah so 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 you um so you started with in 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 math and science and and then you went into mass communication, and you were still doing that that's still your field, right, so from there you moved to. Mumbai to uh, to work
1: yes yes I moved to uh, Mumbai to work uh, i was with i i joined you know I had always had an interest in education
0: mm-hmm.
1: and careers so mm-hmm. I joined C education in Mumbai
0: mm-hmm.
1: as uh, and I was working in uh television production actually oh wow so okay. we would create programs educational programs mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. And I was there for about one and a half year. And at that point, uh, I don't know whether you remember, but there was a dot com bubble, oh, and then yes. there was a dot com bust. Bust. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the bust uh, impacted me, and I uh, lost my job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know, it was really interesting. I had a, I had like two friends who were my flatmates mm-hmm. and uh, we, we, we both lost our jobs. Mm-hmm. So we lost our jobs together and we were also flatmates. Mm-hmm. So we would, uh, you know, so because of that, I didn't feel alone in that, in that time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we would both, you know, at that point we didn't have internet at home. Right. So right, we'd go right. to an internet cafe mm-hmm. and we would apply for jobs every day. Mm-hmm. And then we would talk about it. And then after two months, we both got jobs and they paid us less than what we were getting before, but
0: we were so happy. Happy. <laughs> See, this whole time you were in, you were in, uh, in Bombay, right? So I remember, yeah. I remember when I first came, uh, when you were to your, to your apartment there, is it, Bombay has such a different vibe. It's like any, you can do anything and it would work and you were just so, just so happy to like, uh, just to be there and do stuff. Right. I, it was just yes. so different. So how how did you feel like living? Because this must have been your first. You this was like your first job when you first moved to Mumbai. It's like you were working, living on your own in a new city, right? How did yes. how did that feel?
1: Right. So we we have a couple of relatives in Mumbai who uh, are are really close to me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, when I first moved there, I lived with my aunt, who is my dad's sister. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately she passed away this year, oh, but, okay. uh, be- probably because of that, uh, you know, I had somebody who was there, but yes, I, I did move out and I, I lived on my own and it was a very different experience, mm-hmm. uh, living on your own and being completely responsible for your own well-being, mm-hmm. uh, paying your bills every month and uh, also uh, sort of creating a new life for your own, right? Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Making new friends and going to work, all of that. So Mm -hmm. it was a really exciting experience for me. And I met so many different kinds of people. It it was a very eclectic experience, I would say, overall. And it has a a very, very urban kind of a vibe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, it's also like a cool place where... The coolness is not in what people wear, but just in the personal style and the way uh, we, we conduct ourselves. And um, so I also, I think, probably evolved quite a bit mm-hmm. in Mumbai. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also did a few other things. Like I, I've always been somebody who pursued music in some form. Mm-hmm. So I joined a chorale group called the Paranjoti Academy Chorus. Mm-hmm. um and then i also would sing at nightclubs mm-hmm. on the weekends either with a band or as a duo mm-hmm. so uh so there was work and there was music and there was friends so it was it was a nice uh nice experience mm-hmm. especially for somebody in your 20s you know yes. because the yes. pace of life is very fast mm-hmm. and um you know you you party and you party you work hard and you party hard i, I know, think i did live that mantra for some time when I was in (laughs) Mumbai. So so yeah, it was an interesting experience.
0: But but you have always been in communication, right? That has been your, pretty much has been your mainstay, right? So you were in Mumbai and then you moved to Delhi uh, and you continue to be in uh, the communications field. So how has it changed from where you started and where you are now?
1: Right. So I think when I first... um, wanted to get into communication I wanted to be a journalist Mm -hmm. Um, but then uh, I think along the way I discovered other ways of other kinds of spaces uh, Mm -hmm. in the communications realm itself right so Mm -hmm. um, my second job was actually with a digital marketing agency and the time when I joined it nobody knew what was a digital marketing agency Nobody knew what was digital. It was a very new, very, very new space, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I still remember when I would explain what I was doing, I would have to explain it for about 20 to 25 minutes right wow. mm-hmm. but, but today when you say i i i'm a digital marketing marketing professional everybody knows what that is right right right. right. Uh, so i did that so that was that was a very it was exciting for me to be in that space at a time when it was really new mm-hmm. because it sort of set the foundation for all the skills i would develop in the mm-hmm. future right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, i also did work in editorial roles so i worked with for their youth editorial section. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also worked for this really wonderful magazine called Careers 360, Mm -hmm. which is uh, one of the first, um, you know, critical educational magazines in the country, which actually commented on the quality of education and the way in which our education is shaped, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I worked there for about five years. Mm -hmm. So these were really grounding experiences. But I think the more and more that I progressed in my career, mm-hmm. the more I started feeling that communication is a very, very strong tool mm-hmm.
0: for change,
1: to talk yes. about change, to talk mm-hmm. about language. Uh, you know, it's, it's if, if you are good with communication, you can use it in a way that benefits um, the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what I began doing. As I progressed more and more in my career, like when I was at Careers 360, I would write about the different spaces in education, what Mm -hmm. was designed as a career. Mm -hmm. Um, So I use communication there to create certain kinds of awareness, Mm -hmm. because as you know, in India, we always think in a very limited way about careers, right? There are Mm -hmm. three or four careers that we are aware of. Mm-hmm. And uh, because we try to box everybody in those spaces, there is a lot of suppression of talent, a lot of suppression of dreams in a way. Right. So that's right. what I tried to do when I was there. Mm-hmm. And then um, I worked at Youth Ki Awas, which is a really wonderful uh, publishing platform mm-hmm. where a lot of young people get to raise their voices on things that matter to them. So I was a campaigns editor there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was a very interesting experience as well because I got to learn so much about mm-hmm. issues, mm-hmm. right? Social, socio political issues, like mm-hmm. really going into them with depth. Mm-hmm. And uh, currently I'm with Shiro's, which is a women only social platform. Mm-hmm. the first and largest online ecosystem specifically designed with women in mind. So yeah. it's a safe space on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's a space where women express themselves fle- freely. They invest in themselves. Uh, and, and here like the communication that we use is primarily to propel women to go and chase those dreams. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Uh, so that's really exciting as well. Yeah.
0: That's really cool. Cause I mean, I, um, um, I did, I have, I have the app on my phone and I follow some of the stories and the, you know, um, the, it's, it's like you said, it's a safe space for women to talk about things that normally they would, wouldn't have the courage to say it out loud because they were, you know, afraid of judgment or, you know, the patriarchy or whatever it may be. So, but as part of, um, um, I guess as part of this platform or, Maybe either it was influenced by, or maybe not. Um, you also talked about a group that you had joined, coming to regarding financial independence a couple of years ago. You joined some group, right? So does that did the Shiros, uh group have something to do with that? Or yes, okay. yes, yes. You want to say a little so, bit about
1: Right, right. So we, we have a lot of women on our platform, uh, you know, many of them are founders of organizations, mm-hmm. uh, artists, etc. Right. So there mm-hmm. was this, uh, I, I mean, I remember seeing this woman who would constantly be talking about financial independence, mm-hmm. right. And she she spoke about it in this language that I could really relate to and connect to and it had a very high empathy vibe about it. Mm-hmm. So her name is Priyanka Bhatia. Mm-hmm. and uh, i remember her talking about her own community which she started called women on wealth and she she would she would answer questions of women who were having financial difficulties etc so i just called, called, called them up one day, called up her organization. And I said, uh, I really like the way you talk about money and women, mm-hmm. and I want to know more about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And at that point, I mean, just to give you a context, I belong to a generation in India, which is sort of like the, uh, how do I say the, um, uh, Disposable income generation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, after liberalization, we, we also embraced the economy of credit cards and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so somewhere, I think uh, the, the traditional mindset of saving very carefully, all of that, uh, it got a little messed up, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like I'm still kind of living paycheck to pay, paycheck. And yes, mm-hmm. I am saving and I am investing, but I still don't have complete autonomy and control over where my money is going right mm-hmm. and i really i really wanted some help with the basics of it right to mm-hmm. build some structure around it mm-hmm. and uh, what what i really found in this community is that they host these really wonderful financial literacy programs
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, it's not about advising you on where to invest your money it is really a journey to to know yourself in the context of your money and your finances, right? Um, So so it was a three-month program that I did with them Mm -hmm. called The Money Gym. Mm -hmm. And it really transformed the way I manage my money henceforth, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they teach you how to uh, understand what is your net worth. They Mm -hmm. teach you how to uh, understand what you're bringing in every month and what, what is going out and where is it going? And also there's this, there is this idea of financial integrity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does, does the, you know, is the way you're spending align with your financial and with your life values? Right. Mm -hmm. So, so there are some deeper questions that are asked and that help you that that you end up asking mm-hmm. uh, through, through these programs. And then of course, once you complete it, you're part of a community. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that was a transformative experience. And I'm still a member of that community today. And I would say that since the time I joined, mm-hmm. my net worth has increased about 75%. Okay. Wow. Uh, and, and if impressive. you look at, uh, yeah. And if you look at the way the women in that community uh, if you, if you look at their stories, you'll find something similar. Mm-hmm. But, uh, after that, like, I, I still follow a lot of other financial thought leaders. So for mm-hmm. instance, Sue Orman, who is really mm-hmm. famous in the US, mm-hmm. I follow all her podcasts mm-hmm. and, uh, I really like the way she uh, gets you to, to ask the bigger questions, right. About mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. And, um, also like Dave Ramsey and, uh, a few other thought leaders, but what I like is they, they really help women and they help everyday People get savvy about finances because that's what helps you really chase your goals. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it helps you spend your money in a way that really um, sort of benefits you and your dreams. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, So that's, so that's what my experience has been. So it's, it's the, they, I feel personally that the best ROI is when you invest in yourself.
0: Oh, right? absolutely. There's a big, that's a best investment you can ever make is in yourself.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: That's, that, no, that is, that, that's actually for, when you look at it, women have a very different uh, kind of, uh, we say attachment towards money, our attitude towards money, our emotional attachment towards money is very different. How we look at it, how we spend it, how we save it. You know, it, it it really is really so different. I think now a lot more younger, um, the younger generation, they're a lot more. Um, what do you say, cognizant of that? You know, they like you said, they you you um, you work hard and you play hard, um, and but they but they have different. It's a different outlook compared to say the baby boomers who are all about not you know figuring out a way not to pay taxes but want to save up yeah. everything. Current generation is not about saving, but How they want to live. They want to live the experience, right? Um, right, right, absolutely. It. And one thing I
1: want to add here, right, is that uh, many times when we talk about, you know, money in the context of women, we often say that oh, women don't take enough risks, all of that with investments. Mm-hmm. But I can totally understand why. If mm-hmm. you look at uh, a woman's career trajectory and mm-hmm. financial trajectory, mm-hmm. women earn less than men, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the gender bias at mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Women also take breaks for caregiving to look mm-hmm. after children. So you lose a number of years mm-hmm. in building your corpus, right? Mm-hmm. So so at any given time, what comes into your life is probably less than what comes into a man's life. Right. So it's, it's really understandable that you'd be very careful with your money. You're not going to take risks on things you don't understand, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So I would say that if you if you don't understand how to invest, keep your money in the bank, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, don't just go in and believe anybody who says you're going to get 100 percent returns because there are tons of these schemes and scams all the time. Right. 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 But but if you just read up and you build your financial literacy, you can learn everything yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a myth that men know. How to manage money better? They don't, but they're just more confident. That's, right.
0: the only That's actually a very profound statement. I don't think we, a lot of women realize that because you know, like, even like as a teacher, when they say in the classroom, you know, you, when the teacher asks a question, the girls will always think about whether or not they should raise their hand because, like, oh, I don't know the whole answer. Whereas the boys will always raise their hand, whether they know the answer or not. It's just a question of raising their hand. <laughs> so exactly. I think it's a similar attitude when it comes to money as well. So, absolutely. Uh, uh, that that's that's a that's a very interesting or a very profound um, um, statement. So that's what, that, that that is pretty cool. So you have so this has been what a couple of years since you um, were in that. Um, you you're still part of that community, and you are yes. still following those same guidelines. And your net worth has increased. So you would definitely recommend that every woman should always look at being. Uh, at least have their own little nest egg right and uh, i know some people are married and they have shared accounts and i know i always tell my daughters like it doesn't matter whether you're married or not married you just gotta make sure that you always have your own little you know emergency fund for yourself yes
1: yes absolutely i mean it's highly advisable to have your own corpus Mm -hmm. and to know where it is and how much is in it and Mm -hmm. to make sure you have an emergency fund for a good six to eight months, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. especially in times of crisis. Mm -hmm. It really makes a difference. And I would say when money is flush, that's the time to save Mm -hmm. and to invest smartly Mm -hmm. so that when there is a crisis, you feel safe and uh, you have enough money to get by and and it doesn't take away your happiness. It
0: doesn't take away your sense of safety, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No, no, it doesn't. It's always good to have that little extra saved up somewhere.
1: <laughs> yes. And I, and I also say it's never too late. You might be a baby boomer or you're not. It's never too late to start learning about money. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, it's never too late. And I, I've seen even women in who are not earning, mm-hmm. they're able to save because money comes into our lives in so many ways, right? It comes right. as gifts. Mm-hmm. It comes uh, in, in different ways. It's not right, only right. a salary. Right, right, right,
0: right, right. right.
1: So that's something
0: to note as well. Okay. No, that, that's, a, that's a good point. So you have been living in Delhi for a while, which is way up in the north, far away from the girl from Goa by the sea you miss goa yes do you think you'll go back and just
1: settle there absolutely i mean that's on the cards i would say like in the next couple of years i see myself going back because nice. i think i think uh, goa is a space right now which really needs uh, it's it's people to step up mm-hmm. and to reclaim um you know Reclaim the land, to reclaim the space, mm-hmm. and uh, to rebuild and to sort of take it into the future in a sustainable way.
0: Right, so it's waiting for you. <laughs> and I'm waiting for it. <laughs> so now, while you're in Delhi and working for Shiros and and doing doing your thing, you are also you're working on some other projects too. So yeah, so
1: basically, I run a blog. I run okay. a blog um, on. Uh, you know uh, sustainable consumerism
0: okay
1: and uh, basically the background is that in 2014 uh, India passed a legislation banning animal testing for okay. for the cosmetics industry okay. and uh, you know at that time I didn't even know that there was something called animal testing and that all these beauty products that we use are all tested in labs on cute little beagles and other other animals and mm-hmm. i was pretty horrified by the idea because mm-hmm. there is that that involves years of torture right, right? Mm-hmm. so um so i i uh, and, and what really surprised me is that a lot of companies were trying to overturn that legislation right mm-hmm. so uh, as i started researching i realized that there were a lot of indian uh, brands that were very sustainable in their nature so mm-hmm. that means there was no animal testing. Uh, it was fair trade products. Plus, um, the packaging was was they were moving towards more sustainable packaging and mm-hmm. and good quality cosmetic and personal care products. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I I create curated this list of like fifty to sixty Indian brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that that particular blog went viral. Mm-hmm. So that's when I realized that there was this. This, this growing interest in consumers to move in for safe products which don't have chemicals in them, mm-hmm. uh, which, which are based on better value system, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but obviously, there are challenges for these brands because they are competing with very, very powerful, um, you know, FMCG established brands, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were more expensive because they were better quality Mm-hmm. And uh, sustaining in such a market is tough. So, I started interviewing founders, I started interviewing consumers, and I realized that there was this growing, enlightened con- community of consumers, mm-hmm. but who are looking for more products and all mm-hmm. of that. So, that's really what my blog is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feature uh, consumers who are changing the way they consume and rethinking everything that they bring into their lives. And I also interview Founders who are thinking about sustainable products systems, services, and they 're enabling consumers to make that behavior change right, mm, right. Uh, so that 's what the blog is about and it 's sort of like a passion project okay and uh, besides that, I also uh, you know volunteer with this organization called the suryo trust it 's It's a school in Mumbai Mm -hmm. uh, for children with intellectual disabilities. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you know, in India, we still have a segregated education system Mm -hmm. where children with disabilities are excluded Mm -hmm. from the mainstream education system. And I think that's morally and ethically wrong on -hmm. many levels because Mm -hmm. you're not allowing a child with a disability to compete and everybody loses. Right. When right. that happens, mm-hmm. because the standard of competition goes down. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I volunteer with the school because they're doing some really good work in the interim. And uh, but they they don't they didn't have a very good foot, digital footprint. So I'm okay. helping them build that up. OK. Um, at this point, I just want to since we're talking about this, uh, why, why I'm also doing it is because I think it's a great way to educate people around disability. Yeah. and uh, understand what is an intellectual disability with versus, say, um, a mobility issue, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because somewhere in India, I, I feel like a lot of people don't understand disability very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a lot of confusion around what what you can or cannot do because you have a disability. But we, what the way we need to think about it is that it's not the disability that holds you back it's the lack of access right. and the lack of an accessible environment around you that is stifling you right, right? Mm-hmm. so that mindset switch really still needs to happen here mm-hmm. and i'm hoping that through projects like this we can create more awareness
0: as well okay now that's that's uh that's a very um uh what do you call uh pro- Brave step that you're doing because I think, like you said, education uh, amongst the people, just the general public, is so little because they they tend to discriminate against those who have disabilities um, because just yeah. just because you don't you're not part of the norm, right? You don't look normal yeah. or whatever, so yeah. they just and um, I mean it has always been there. I don't know now. I don't know if there. I don't. It doesn't sound like that much has improved. But if you know if this platform can help educate, you know yeah. that 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 would be great. Um, By the way, what is the name of your blog?
1: Oh, it's it's called Labor Labor of Love. <laughs>
0: ah, I love that. And
1: yeah, yeah, Labor of Love, and uh, the it's a WordPress blog. Okay. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'll make sure I put that in the show notes so you can people if they want to check it out. Great. Yeah, that will be. Great.
1: Yeah. It's just so, MerylDenise.wordpress.com.
0: Oh, yeah. okay. So looking back at your journey where, you know, you, you've you gone through so much, you've learned so much, you've been been around so many different places, met so many different people, knowing what you know now, what would you have told your younger self? Was, it, was there anything you would have changed about yourself, you think?
1: yeah i think i would have told myself to listen more to my instinct mm-hmm. uh, because i think uh, there is a lot of social conditioning that we have to escape before we can truly be ourselves yes so i would say listen to your instinct mm-hmm. and um listen really hard because your instinct is really like you know it it it's sort of uh it knows what's best for you in a way. But there is there is this feeling of second-guessing ourselves. So that is what I would say, you know, follow your instinct. And uh, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. That's what I would say,
0: actually, you know. Yep. know. That, that's really true. So is there anything, um, any advice you want to shout out to the young women, you know, who are in math and physics or mass communications or... Uh, Design you know go out into the big, bad world and start living on living their life. Is it based on what you have learned? Is there anything you wanna uh, shout out to them I think uh yeah, I mean there 's so much
1: actually, you know, but i think I think I would also advise them to uh, to listen to their instinct and to really observe what 's happening around them. And um, I think, especially living in a patriarchal society, Mm -hmm. uh, we're constantly being prescribed so many things, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Wear this, don't wear this, don't go here, it's not safe. Uh, Girls have to hear a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you got to create your own safe world around you. Uh, and, And in that safe world, you should find yourself right yeah and and um yeah some of that prescription take it in and some of them throw it away because yeah. some of it is bad for you right. some of it might be good for you so just keep the bad and really throw away discard the stuff that you don't connect to right, right? Mm-hmm. If, even if it goes against you know conformity mm-hmm. um, you'll save yourself a lot of grief and you'll save yourself making a lot of mistakes because you listened to somebody else and you didn't listen to yourself. Okay. Right. Right. So that's, that's what I, that's what I say. And that's what I always advise, you know, and that's what I advise myself even today, because we still get prescribed a lot of things as women, right?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: so mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's what I feel. You know?
0: That is, that is pretty, uh, uh, that's pretty good because i think i think as women we tend to not listen to our own voices because somebody else is like you said the patriarchy or whoever it is is always telling us what to do and how to do stuff and it's we're always afraid of what are they going to say you know what's everyone's going to say um and learning to trust yourself and trust your instinct trust your gut is i think the first step uh, to being fearless is learning to stand up and speak your truth right so yes you're right
1: like speak your truth and um, there is a lot of value in speaking your truth even though it's hard right I mean very recently I had a friend who um, she she works in a job Mm -hmm. Uh, she's a mid-management level manager and uh, she was experiencing a kind of harassment at her mm-hmm. workplace, mm-hmm. not at her workplace, but through an external vendor. Mm-hmm. He was sending her explicit messages and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think we still haven't reached a space where we can just call this out. Mm-hmm. So she had fear. She had fear about her career, all of that. And, uh, she just decided to call it out. She went mm-hmm. to the company. She, she spoke to them about it. And, uh, eventually what happened is they, they did, uh, Follow, follow all the protocols and uh, things turned out well. Mm-hmm. But it was a tough uh, point in her life where she had to take a difficult decision mm-hmm. and uh, it could have gone either way. Right. But I think you, you got to keep asking yourself, what is it you can live with, right? right. And, and then you take a step based on that. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that's really important to speak the truth that is going to make you feel comfortable.
0: Yep. I absolutely agree. So thank you so much, Meryl. I really appreciate your coming on the show and talking about your experiences. I think, especially when it comes to finance and, you know, learning to trust your gut. I think that's a, I, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, whether you're in your twenties or you're in your sixties. I think there's some, that's something that I think we as women tend to ignore because either either reconditioned that way. So thank you so much, Meryl. I really appreciate your coming on the show. My pleasure. <laughs> it's really awesome to be here on Gladiatrix, And I love
1: listening to all the interviews of different women. So looking forward to more such conversations around various spaces and slices of
0: life that women are involved in. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm so glad I got you on the show and, um, Um, And I will be talking to you soon. All right. Take care, Malini. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you love the show, please leave a review. Just remember, you could be one story away from being inspired.